it's, it's more than making that sale. It's more than really uh, being here as a business in the community. It's more of a service. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. I took a little break during the holidays, so I'm excited to be back providing you guys with stories of East Idaho entrepreneurs. It was nice. I got to spend some time with my family, um, but I neglected all of you listeners, so I'm glad to be back. If you're new to the show, I interview business owners and learn their origin stories so we can get to know them and their businesses a little bit better and definitely be inspired by their journeys and all the things that they have done. So today I have a guest that has showed great ambition by elevating the standard in his industry um, and bringing to East Idaho his products. So please welcome Cody Hellickson of Snake River Solace. Hello everybody, how are you? <laughs> We're glad to have you, um, Cody. I don't know that people probably know what Snake River Solace is, so explain what your business is. So Snake River Solace is one of East Idaho's first CBD companies. We started in early 2018 of March. Uh, we started to provide the community with CBD-based products, which is a molecule derived from the cannabis plant, okay. um, which currently industrial hemp. Um, we get all of the molecule extracted out of state from federally regulated individuals. We use a proprietary process uh, at our facility here in Idaho Falls where we source the main product, then we combine it with uh, other ingredients that are all natural, diabetically safe. We make sure that we also are lab testing this product so that individuals know that we're not just out here selling something in a bottle. Um, we do testing at a state regulated lab facility, uh, which is located in Montana. It's the second licensed lab in the state. Uh, we started because again, Idaho couldn't make its mind up about 0.3% of uh, THC. Um, and that's of 1%. So mind you, it's minuscule amounts. It's nothing that you could get high or anything off of this. Okay, so before you go on, I just want to stop you for a second. So basically what you're doing, your business sells CBD products, just oil. What is it exactly that you sell? So we sell multiple different kinds of CBD products. We sell what is called an oral tincture, which is taken underneath the tongue. Uh -huh. um, that's used for what we or the industry shows to have a full body effect uh, for conditions of pain, anxiety, uh, epilepsy. We also sell pet CBD. Um, that is a product that's used for animals with similar conditions. Uh, we also sell topical. Hey, wait, how do you um, dose a dog? Is it just like in a little tablet or something? So we have a spray form, which you spray onto their treats or their food. Uh, we have a lot of owners use it for their animals. It's more convenient. Most individuals have a treat base, yeah. which some animals are picky like humans. So we just have it in a spray form so the owners can apply it Put to it the on. food. So we're talking about my old lab that has hip pain. This is helpful for them. There is the feasibility. It can be helpful. We never make a guarantee for sure. you or an animal. Um, but yes, we've seen animals that were diagnosed as lame, dogs that were diagnosed as lame after uh, several months of use then become fully functional. Uh, stories of individuals saying their grandchildren would come to their house and say, you know, the dog is running again. She's playing. That's great. And, you know, a quality of life for animals or ourselves is what we are trying to achieve. Uh, 
uh, with no guarantees. If it does work for you, instead of ordering online, um, those kind of things, we're trying to take out those pictures, educate you as a community member, and also include Idaho in an industry that we should be entitled to be included into. We're yeah. Americans. This stuff exists everywhere, yet Idaho is so stigmatized by the word cannabis. They think it's medical marijuana, you know, and CBD is a molecule that is a cannabinoid that can by itself, no different than other vitamins, help the human body or an animal. Um, so we do carry the pet CBD. I also have topicals, which is used for such things as arthritis, joint pain. Um, we just released uh, gummies, which is a uh, more transportable way for people to consume their product. That's a uh, vegan friendly, diabetically safe, gluten-free uh, gummy. Um, we also released a huckleberry tea. So the industry has tons of CBD products. Yeah. When yeah. I first opened, I was only doing topicals and oral products, but we have seen more of a demand for personal novelty items. And so we're expanding into those since we make our own product, we're able to do it at a more cost-effective ratio and then also make it so that it's Idaho-based. My huckleberries actually come from Priest Lake, Idaho. So we source the huckleberries, dehydrate them, then turn them into a powder and then incorporate them into a tea blend. Yeah, that's great. So talk to me a little bit about dosing. So if I was to be somebody who needed to have CBD, and we'll talk about the reasons that people use that, when you're talking about a tea, is that something that individuals take all day long or is it like, how do you dose this? So stuff? as far as the dosing of CBD goes, there's no age, weight, uh, or a height chart for this product. Some individuals are more receptive than others of CBD. I can have two clients in the same room with the same condition and one will take less, the other will take more. So you just kind of figure it out when you... So we start with what's called a baseline recommendation. Through the industry, there's several milligrams for conditions through testimonials, data oh, that are it. reported as a successful starting point. Okay. We then make the recommendation for those individuals to start at that point if they notice an effect or, you know, because we don't guarantee it, but if there is an effect, then what we do is we tell them to dose down, go lower, less is more for some folks, or if not much effect, then we tell them to dose a little higher. Well, what does it look like if I've had too much? So there is no side effects until you take thousands of milligrams at once. Now that is going to be uh, dry mouth uh, as well as drowsiness. Um, that is a product that as far as it goes, we have medication altercations, which uh, we stay up to date on. Um, there hasn't been any reported deaths, obviously, of this product, but individuals taking prescription-grade blood thinners um, do have increased effects of bleeding, bruising, and so forth. So we always But ask, they would anyway. Right. <laughs> CBD is what is called a regulatory molecule. It helps regulate the human system. So just like a blood thinner helps regulate the cardiovascular system, it can add to that prescription med. Okay. Um, psychiatric medication is shown in the last few uh, months to uh, use of CBD can, just like with the use of marijuana, increase somebody's schizophrenia or that psychiatric uh, schizophrenic condition. Interesting. So a dosing is just really, we start you out at a baseline and then you work with it yourself. I have clients that, yeah, they need this stuff seven days a week. So a tea really isn't going to be the thing they need or is it going to be cost effective they need a 30-day supply of the bottle because they have to use it every single day seven days a week 
now if somebody uh, says, oh, you made a recommendation, it's not effective, I'm using it twice a day, you know, we then get them into a stronger milligram that then they can use twice a day to have more efficiency to it. So let's talk about some of the things that you would use CBD oil for. What, what, what are you treating? Obviously pain is one of them. Pain's a big thing. We see a lot of that, especially, you know, individuals that are, are elderly, uh, individuals that have had surgeries, um, even workers that are just constantly on their feet, heavy lifting. Um, you know, again, this product is used for children as well as, as older individuals, and we do have all of them. So pain is a big one. Um, you know, those are conditions, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoporosis, diabetic neuropathy, uh, things that cause discomfort and, you know, really damper somebody's quality of life. We also have clients that use this for sleep uh, because they have stressful days and when they go to bed at night, their mind still continues to go and go and go. Do you have a product that is CBD combined with melatonin? So uh, there are products out there that are combined with melatonin, but as far as any uh, combination of herbals or anything like that, with our uh, oral products, we steered away from okay. because we don't need to take CBD, add melatonin or let's say valerian root and then now charge somebody X amount of more money when they can go to the local. But they could combine them. They can combine them, okay. yeah. And okay. so there are companies that gimmick it as a sleep aid or an energy CBD yeah. because of the natural herbs and stuff they put inside it. of it. Got we it. want to educate the community that more cost effective is just to go and get those things from your local herb stores or grocers and then combine them into your CBD routine. Okay. Um, we don't need to have one specifically designed for sleep um, or anxiety or energy. We tell a lot of folks, especially like energy clients that are like, I'm so fatigued and you know, I just don't have any energy during the day. Well, if it's pain, pain taxes an individual. If you sleep, at, you can't sleep at night and you have an issue with sleeping, you're drained like a battery. You need the ability to recharge. So using CBD at nighttime to help you get a deeper rest, you know, avoid the pain if it does work in that fashion. We've seen clients say, well, I'm more energetic during the day. Well, that's because CBD is possibly being that assister to then help. If you've incorporated other things in your diet that start to help you, such as other herbs and supplements that a lot of folks don't use, that's obviously a given. But if you don't take anything else, you start using CBD, it, it's common sense to say it, it's CBD. Yeah. You know, we have people say, well, I don't know if it's working. Maybe it's a placebo. Maybe I'm telling myself that this is <laughs> <Maybe>. placebo. <laughs> CBD, as far as the data goes, it, you can't, can't really placebo it. There's, there's not really a, human minds can trick themselves, obviously, that's completely fine. But with the use of CBD itself, if it does give you better sleep, less stress, less pain, it's the CBD. You then are telling yourself, you're placeboing yourself. CBD is not placeboing you. You're saying, I'm better, I'm better. Yeah. And most individuals then start to feel better or be better. Yeah. Um, CBD is, is not going to be like a sugar pill. Um, we cannot do that. If I were to give somebody in chronic pain, in a bottle of oil, say this is CBD and, and have a silver tongue and say, you know, blah, 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 they would know. They would know. We have clients that know that it's that not it's effective not or it is. So you seem really passionate about purity and quality. So talk to me a little bit. Why is that? Is, is that a controversial thing in the industry? I'm sure yeah. because it's marijuana based that yep. people are concerned that there are there's THC. So not only the THC factor, but so you can get this stuff on the Internet. You can get it from Joe Guy in his garage. 
you know, and you never really can trust what those individuals are ever telling you. So we do what's called a full compliancy test on the product. That means that our lab, the lab we use in Montana, they are doing an in-depth analysis. They are looking for microbials, pesticides, heavy metals, solvents, harmful chemicals that are used in the industry. And if you use a product that is X amount of harmful chemicals or pesticides, you're going to end up like anything else now having cancer or another condition. So we source from federally regulated individuals, individuals that are licensed to produce this. We just don't say, find somebody on Google and then say, hey, send us this stuff, it's really cheap. Um, we analyze their stuff. We usually request a sample of their product before we buy in bulk. That way I can send it to the lab. The lab can say, yes, this supplier is legitimate, their purity's there, um, and their chemical levels are inapplicable for, so Idaho has no regulations. I based all of my company off of Montana's regulations in purity and quality for the product because this is going to the community. Um, you have to be underneath so many parts, particle parts per million of every single product. Um, we deal with individuals in the industry that, again, some of them have tried to, to waylay us. I actually lost $15,000 my first year in product because they had sent me product that was clean. I ordered again, they sent me a product that was under the same lot and batch, and so I didn't retest it. Right. Because it was the same. Why would you? And why would I? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, an issue had come up. I had it retested, and there was THC inside oh, the no. product. So I had oh. to immediately pull $15,000 worth. Wow. This company then said, Well, you're going to have to send it to another lab. I sent it to the first licensed lab in Montana. That lab said the same thing, you know, and then this company says, well, for any kind of a refund, you're going to have to send it to our lab. And I said, no. Yeah, I've already shown you yeah, that it's. How about I just <laughs> throw this away, don't do business with you anymore because you're dishonest, mm -hmm. and move forward and find a reputable company. So which we have. We've dealt with a lot of individuals. Um, some individuals, they have really great product, um, but then their cost is insane. Um, so you have to figure that out. So you have balance. to figure out who's scheming and scamming. So know. tell me, you know, obviously you know a lot about this. You're very passionate about it. I can hear it in your voice. I'm sure the listeners can hear that. How did this all start? Like where did this even begin? Yeah, um, begin. So really in reality, I have over six and a half years of medical marijuana industry behind me. It was afforded by family members who have operations, medical marijuana operations uh, out of state. Um, as far as it goes with that, uh, I had went up and learned about obviously medical marijuana, you know, the word cannabis, what it can do for somebody, the downsides to the use of marijuana as well. Uh, you know, uh, THC is a, is a big factor in, in this products, uh, especially medical marijuana. Um, so after Idaho had recently said, no CBD, no nothing THC related, um, I had spoke with a friend of mine and, and discussed and we were like, well, there's isolated molecules, you know, and I wasn't really privy to CBD isolated by itself. I was more privy to CBD and THC and CBD or CBG, CBC inside of cannabis and yeah, marijuana. Right. And, and you weren't having to worry about yeah, all that was, stuff. Yeah, I didn't understand, you know, so I started doing a lot of in-depth research, expanding my knowledge on, on what isolation technology is. So isolation technology is used in pharmaceutical, cosmetic, food industry, chemical industry, where they extract a soul molecule, destroy everything around it so they can have the pure product. 
And there was a lot of companies already doing this CBD stuff, but Idaho wasn't privy. They, we, we were Didn't understand. kind of behind the times. Mm -hmm. And I had noticed in other places prior to this that there were these CBD products, no THC products all over the area. Right. And I just said, well, there's not anybody that's a, a sole store. You know, you walk into these other places, they got 500 things in the store, then there's CBD. And then when you go up to this product and you're you're like, what is this product? What, you know, is it right for me? Nobody was there to explain. Or if you did ask, it was such a unsurety in their voice and their education that it, me, I was like, I wouldn't buy it. And I'm pretty sure somebody else wouldn't buy it because I'm not speaking to someone who's educated or involved. So I called two friends of mine and I had no money at the time. Um, I said, guys, you know my cannabis background. You know what I can do as an individual, as far as cannabis related goes. Um, and I said, I need a loan. I said, the only way to do this is with a loan. And I have no credit. I had a uh, $260,000 spine surgery. Um, I had a vertebrae removed from my neck. So obviously medical debts and everything. And you're you know. young. It's not like that was. No, and I was, <laughs> I was an individual prior to this incident that was very healthy, outgoing, yeah. active, physically fit. Um, and so that was a big blow to me. Um, sure. So I can't even like skydive or ride a roller coaster because I have a, a 32nd inch plate in my neck and a, a cadaver vertebrae right. uh, inside right. of there. I was going to be paralyzed if uh, I had, didn't get the operation and something else would happen. Um, so I've always tried to be an entrepreneur. Um, they gave me the $10,000. I hit the ground running. Um, we initially because they believed in what you were doing. They believed in yeah. my knowledge. Um, I am, you know, very knowledgeable when it comes to the word cannabis, not just with medical marijuana, but the history besides marijuana, industrial hemp. Um, and they believed in me because of that knowledge. And so I paid them back their first $10,000 in the first year, which is, it's not a large sum of money, but it was very good to do that for yeah, them. Yeah. Um, you know, and then this, this, 2019, one of my other investors gave me another 10,000 so I could really get some ground uh, because we were running out of inventory. We were not being able to keep up. Um, I have wholesale accounts in the state, so they're buying my product and then I'm not having for our store. And So is this your only location? No, I have two locations currently <laughs> in the state. Uh, one is located in Pocatello, which is seven months in. Uh, our uh, location started there early last June. Um, it's been good. Uh, it's just, again, overcoming stigmatism, those kind of things, getting the word out. Uh, our Idaho Falls location, uh, it, this is our, at 691 East Anderson, this is the, the second location in the city. We moved from 1120 South Boulevard uh, last February to this location because Boulevard was really hard with the parking as well as they put that roundabout in. Right. So we were actually basically down for almost three months because, because of, of construction road. and it was oh, closed. Yeah, that's um, rough. We need good access for our clients because they need to be able to basically park in front and get to the front door. Yeah, they cannot yeah. walk down hallways, up flights of steps, those kind of so things. So how do you, uh, you talked a little bit before we started the show that you can't advertise. Right, so the FCC, uh, you know, federal communication standards, uh, such as through Facebook and Google and everything else, they still consider it a cannabis product, which when you hear the word cannabis, that's marijuana. 
You know, uh, industrial hemp was approved by Donald Trump uh, for federal growth through all states earlier last January, um, as far as it goes. And, you know, it still has held up not only advertising, but the uh, banking industry, uh, stuff like that. We look forward to the next year to two years to seeing those kind of clear up. Now, what do you mean by banking industry? So everything from credit card processing, merchant accounts, individuals that a normal person... You can't do that? So I could not do that until recently. Okay. Um, a company called Square, uh -huh. most people are familiar with Square. They just actually opened up a CBD merchant account. Okay. Um, so it's been about five months and we're able to finally start processing credit cards. Wow. I had an online website for the first year with no activity because it was checker money order, you know, in the mail and people, that's just time. You yeah. Know, they want to yeah, pay yeah. for it. They want to know their order there and shipped. Um, so yeah, nobody. And is that, that's an Idaho thing? It's all in the entire U.S. Oh, it's the federal. So uh -huh. there are other individuals. They're called uh, high-risk bankers. They already currently deal with the medical marijuana industry that facilitated a lot of CBD merchant accounts, but then transaction is anywhere between 7 and 10%. It's, I can only imagine. You know. I can't, it, it seems like as a business owner, it's really hard to do business in this particular industry. It is very rough, uh, not only because, uh, so our sales to me don't mean anything besides obviously we're doing an effective product, you know. But if I were to have a business bank account and be able to turn to a bank and say, or a credit union and say, we made X amount following year. Uh-huh. I need a business loan because I need equipment. I need yeah, this. Right. I need that. You don't have that at I, your fingertips. I do not have that at my fingertips. Um, Square had, has just loaned us uh, currently now $7,000. I have uh, roughly 4000 to pay back to them. So, you know, they're opening a little bit of doors for guys like us. Um, we're not made of millions or hundreds right. of thousands. Um, so that's the other question. What... What kind of income is there? And I don't want you to obviously share details of this, but is this a, can you live off of the income that you're making with your business that the, you're doing? The industry estimates uh, that the CBD industry alone is upwards of a 22 point some billion dollar industry by this year come or uh, 2022. But here's the reality. You get 100,000 people inside of the industry, it is going to be very, very rough for anybody to do this. Yeah. Then people need to understand the populace and the economy base of the industry you're located in. My company charges for our product almost half in cost of what anyone in the nation charges for the same thing. Nobody can make CBD special. Yes, has it given me the ability to have financial stability and not live paycheck to paycheck? Yes. But slow times and things like that do yeah. have an added Plus stress. Plus the stigma, like you've and talked about. And the stigma. Um, you know, let's say I have a client that finds out exponential benefit off a month supply. If they're using it minute amounts, and I have them scheduled out to use a full dropper or full milliliter of this product, and it's a month supply, but they're not coming back in three months or four months, which I see, again, it's it's. A yeah, product it's that, a, yeah, it's you very need hard. repeat business. Yeah. Well, and we do have insane amounts of repeat customers. One of my customers is a Bonneville, ex-Bonneville County Sheriff for 32 years. He's used my product basically since the second day of me opening, uh, as far as it goes with that. Um, I, as an individual, uh, am honored by all walks of life that come in here, um, you know, but no, it's it's not something where you're making money hand over fist. Yeah. I don't drive, you know, a, a 2019 vehicle 
Um, you know, I live in a, in a place now uh, where I pay $1,000 for rent. Um, no, it, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a make a full living or go on vacation industry. Yeah. Um, I was able to you, find... You're dedicated to your customers and to the business. Clearly, you have a passion for this. Yes, and, and I was able to finally hire two individuals, which, again, you know, being two years into business for some folks is not really, unless they have capital behind them, have the ability. Right. Um, I paid, you're the business. You're I, everything. I'm the sole face of it. I have clients that come in now, and they see my new employee, and they say, where's Cody at? Of course. Because <laughs> um, they've seen me every single time. I was been working this six days a week for almost two years. Yeah. Um, you you know, and so I pay one employee $10 an hour now. He works four days a week. I pay my vice president who runs our Pocatello location. I pay him $12 an hour. Very handsome wages for what we do. Ah. But my employees are all educated. I do not uh, let them just start this job and say, hey, I'll see you later. I'm taking a break. I spend at least a month training my employees. And that's day in and day out. So, you know, all of that. I. I it seems like you've gone, you know, have you, as you've gone through this journey, you've probably definitely hit some obstacles here and there. You talked a little bit about the laws in Idaho. Is, is Idaho uh, in particularly a difficult state to do this in? So not only with obviously CBD and, you know, in this product, but yes, I mean, initially Idaho's law declares anything with a trace amount of tetrahydrocannabinol or THC as an illegal product. They consider that marijuana. Mm. Now, and you could be arrested for that. And I could be arrested. Uh, I could have, you know, property seized, all of that kind of stuff. Now, again, CBD isolate, the sole molecule CBD by itself isolated contains no yeah. THC. Mm-hmm. People make claims that uh, hemp seed carries THC. That is not true. Um, so, you know, that's why we do the testing. But yes, um, if there is trace amounts of THC in the product and I were to have a cop secret shop us and they were to send it to a lab and it were to come back with any trace amount of THC, they would immediately come and tell me to cease and desist my business. There was a lady in Pocatello not long ago um, that was told to quit selling her CBD because she was selling from an out-of-state company. This company declared on their box to have 0.0 THC, but then they had keywords on the box that said less than Mm. 0.0. So behind that one zero, there was THC. Got it. That product was actually tested at a 0.0125. Not anything that's gonna get anybody high or anything else, but it by state code and definition, uh, the drug uh, policy uh, through the attorney general says the product must contain no THC, must be derived from the applicable parts of the plant, so we get all of our product from industrial hemp. Industrial hemp is in a fashion like marijuana, okay? They're in the same family, but industrial hemp is basically mankind's first fiber. It was never bred or made to get you high. It was used for twine, rope, cosmetics, those sure. things. After you know research, we're looking at uh, 12 to 15 years now that it carries the same molecules as medical marijuana, but not the excessive amount of THC Mm. because marijuana has been bred constantly to increase that THC level. Now for some conditions, yes, THC is applicable for use, but in the reality, only the terminally ill, the retired, anyone who could not go on to the workforce 
using medical marijuana is very, very difficult because if they do get hurt in their employment, there is currently no laws to protect any individual, even in a legal marijuana state, from being fired. Wow. It's just like alcohol. Alcohol is federally legal, but if you go to work and tie one off the night before and you get hurt on the job, your employer you says, alcohol. I need you to go take a UA or whatever, yeah. and there's alcohol in your system, that employer is going to cut their losses real dang quick and say, I don't care. Yeah. Same thing with you were impaired. Same thing yeah. with the prescription drug. Yes, you have been prescribed by a doctor to use that product. But, but you're impaired. Let's say you were in more pain the night before and you needed to take another one because you had work and you got hurt and they showed, well, you're only supposed to have X amount of hydrocodone or something in your system, but you had excessive amounts. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. So it's Absolutely. very it's very rough with the with the laws, not only uh, local, state, and federal. So would you have those changed? Are you looking? I would. I have implored and asked, but I obviously am one voice of thousands. Um, there are a lot of people who want medical marijuana, which I implore that for the individuals again that have medical conditions that they're not going to risk their employment. A lot of the advocacy groups around here for medical marijuana have family members that are in suffering from cancer and sure, other conditions sure. that should be as a personal choice entitled to the use of that. Am I an advocate for medical marijuana so somebody can just go get stoned and say, oh, well, I can get high, I got a card. No, I'm not because education says this. The amount of cannabinoids uh, inside of medical marijuana, they're being bred to have stronger potencies. As far as it goes with the product, if you as an individual smoke uh, marijuana in a bowl or a joint or something in the fashion of a concentrate, the CBD, CBC, CBG, those contents are so low, you're getting an excessive amount of THC. You're not getting a balanced ratio of cannabinoids. Cannabinoids need to be balanced or have concentrated, you need a unity of all, because if you get THC, CBD, all cannabinoids together, you get a synergistic effect, you get a fuller effect, a better effect. That's why using medical marijuana does have a large Some benefit. Some implication. Yes, yep. because you have all of those in the plant. Now, if we are able to buy sole cannabinoids and combine them into our products, you know, by all means, yes. Can you? Yes. But the cost of some of them sole cannabinoids are insanely expensive. CBG by itself is $75 a gram. So a one, I quoted a, a kilo of the product uh, earlier last year, $75,000 for a thousand <laughs> grams of CBG. Hmm. Um, so because of the concentrate, yeah, right. they have to use X amount of more of the pr mass to get enough to extract. So when you think about your journey and being a business owner, what kind of advice would you have for other business owners, not necessarily even in your industry? Right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of obstacles. I've always worked for another individual all of my life. My father worked for GR Simplot for 32 years, so I knew what it was like to work for another man. But if you feel you have an idea, you have a passion behind that idea, you're educated behind that idea, don't think that it's going to come easy. It's going to be harder than working for somebody else because you're going to have to be, if you're the sole owner and the sole creator, you're going to have to be the flagship. You know, you are the person that has to do the work. Nobody is going to do it for you. I've been fortunate to have my missus uh, be helpful uh, and be there for me. Uh, my investors be there to take a load off when I'm stressed. 
but always speak with those closest to you. You know, those that are that are the nearest of you, if you have an idea for a company of any type, they can always be your greatest asset. You know, um, those, are the, those are the things you never think you can go it alone, don't think you can. Uh, I've learned that the hard way um, through stress and, and, you know, a lot of things uh, doing this because we deal with a lot of conditions. We are like a last stop for some folks that are tired of a lot of things or they have no other options. So I've dealt with a lot of mental stress over that. You can't, I get it. It's really hard to hold it back a lot and I do, I do a good job, but it's very hard to see these people suffer and they're emotionally, emotionally you get involved, and, yeah. yeah. And I get emotionally tied to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why when they tell us our product works, uh, and, and we don't make the guarantee it ever will, but when they say it works and they say they're taking less pain pills or their quality of life is better and, and things have changed, it's more than it's it's more than making that sale. It's more than really uh, being here as a business in the community, it's more of a service. Mm -hmm. So if you do do something in, in, in community and in the business, always make sure that it's a service. It's something that when people walk away that they say they got their money's worth, it wasn't a waste of their time. They left more enlightened because I feel that that's reciprocated by return clients. Uh, don't prey off other businesses. Don't try to copy them because copycat will only go so far. Do you have much competition then here in Idle Falls my or Pocatello? My company was not the first place to buy CBD in 2018. You could okay. buy CBD in numerous smoke shops, health food stores, so forth and so on. My company was the first company to have its brick and mortar store uh, that sold that's CBD. Just this. That's mm -hmm. just this. We have a quote that says, we are not special, but we specialize in CBD. Um, you know, I have seen numerous individuals, uh, I call them fishers. They come into my store, they fish for information, which is completely fine. Then they turn around and then they go open a company. Um, and now currently Idaho Falls has three CBD company, or excuse me, CBD stores. I am a CBD company. Mm -hmm. I have a CBD store. I make the product. I yeah, wholesale. You're more full service with yes, all of that. Yes, um, yeah. I provide delivery uh, free of charge, 24-7 pickup, online uh, order, in-store pickup, the trending stuff. I have a wholesaler here in town called Red Clover Herb Market. They purchase roughly anywhere between $500 to $700 of my product weekly. They initially started at a $180 purchase, and by the end of uh, 2018, they have purchased over $50,000 of my product. Um, they could not do that if their clients weren't receptive and yeah. there was something Getting going something on. Getting something from it. You so know. when you, um, you have a lot of ambition, clearly. Did you come from an entrepreneurial family? Like, where did this drive come from? I came from a family that worked hard. Yeah. Uh, my dad left early in the morning, went to work. My mom left early in the morning after she dropped me off to school, went to work. My father worked every day home at 4.30. Uh, my mom was not only a first a lunch lady, but then a senior citizens uh, director for senior citizens in Aberdeen. I'm born in American Falls, raised in Aberdeen, Idaho. Uh, my drive for this is, is not just um, that this is a market, this is an industry for what I do but I seen my father bust his bum and I seen him sore and tired. I seen him go fishing to get, you know, and go camping and, and see him provide for my family um, because I was adopted. 
I was actually taken away uh, from my real mother and father when I was just a child, um, put into foster care. So when I was very young, only three and four years old, I didn't have role models. Yeah. My grandparents then adopted me later on. They're actually the ones that passed grandparents' rights in the state of Idaho. Um, wow. Because there was no, when you were taken away, if you lived out of state, um, they would just throw you in foster care. They spent over uh, roughly around two hundred some thousand dollars to get a law passed and lobby, um, so that when a child's taken away from their family within seventy-two hours, health and welfare is entitled in the state of Idaho to place that child with a with reasonable a family, member. family member. Did you have siblings? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, currently, I have uh, three sisters, three brothers. Um, so I do come. And from, were you all placed um, then at yeah, that time? The, yeah, my two older sisters and my younger brother and I. So four of us at that time were mm -hmm. placed into foster care. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and those are parts of my life. Like I tell a lot of people, everybody has a story. Yeah, it's what you, it's what you make of that story. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Um, You've been through quite a bit. I've not been the greatest person. I I was real rebellious as a kid. I was in a lot of trouble when I was younger. I actually, I was actually incarcerated uh, for marijuana when <laughs> I was younger. Um, I put that behind me. I'm almost 10 years behind that now. You know, I do have a family. I do have a little girl, um, you know, and so I, as a person, you know, I just, I didn't want to work for somebody else. I wanted to, and I never thought <coughs> CBD would be my first. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't I, that ironic yeah, how that all came ironic. Um, I've always wanted to be, you know, an entrepreneur and an, an inventor. Um, you know, one day I hope to have other businesses uh, in regards to facilitating, you know, uh, things that help mankind or entertain us. Uh, a gentleman once said on TED Talks, if it doesn't entertain man or it doesn't benefit man, what's the point? <laughs> you know, and, you know, those are things that have stuck with me. I've always tried to understand that my success will always have a failure, but with that failure will always come a success. Um, you know, and it, it has been a rough road, not only because of my past, but as well as what I've undertaken for this industry. You know, when laws do change, I plan on not to just to be a CBD company. I would like to assist the agricultural sector um, because we are a powerhouse when it comes to being agriculturalists. Um, I have a lot of expos, big meetings that I go to throughout the year to where I can connect and facilitate with people who already have this ground and framework going. And so that hopefully soon one day I can say, Farmer John, Farmer Brown, call me. I've got you. I'll take all the equations out of the picture for you. You guys, you hit the ground running. Um, I, I don't, like I was speaking with another gentleman, he owns a business here, and I won't disclose who he is, but he owns a longtime restaurant in this city. He actually started growing hemp last year in Colorado uh, because there's a lot of Idaho farmers that have. They, uh -huh. They've done it out of state. Uh -huh. But he is pretty much ready this year to, uh, if they legalize, to grow. He has his facility set up already. Um, I'm going to assist him. You know, I want to, it's not about a money factor. It's about a legacy or a history to be involved in getting Idaho uh, up with the rest of America. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people now since we've opened. I'm not the first CBD company in the state to do this. There's another company up north that actually I first sourced their products. I, I offered them $15,000 to say, hey, I'll bring your brand. I'll bring your logo down here. We'll run your stuff. 
oh, no, 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 we'll just, you put it in this store and that store. I said, no, I want, people need to be educated. People need to have, if they got questions, they need to talk to somebody. They just don't need somebody. Well, isn't this the problem, I think, with the whole idea of medical marijuana? It, you know, I think that I listen to you and I certainly believe that there's a place for it, but it gets so out of control. And so, you know, as a resident of Idaho, clearly I have mixed emotions on yes. which way Idaho decides to go. Um, it, it seems impossible to lock it down enough so that the right people are using it at the right time, right dose, all of those kind of things. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that not only that's why a lot of individuals, again, once you get lobbyists such as California and Oregon, that's why they released recreational laws. Yeah. Is that so if you're going to use it, we're going to consider it like alcohol, have at it. Yeah. It does come down to the personal choice. You know, if you don't want to be around someone smoking a cigarette, what do you usually do? You go away from that person smoking a cigarette. If you go out with friends to the bar and you're not a drinker, they have alcoholic drinks, but you want to hang out with your friends, you don't have alcohol. You know, in reality, the introduction of the medical marijuana industry has reduced the cartel's hold on the streets 20-fold. We've taken away from them hauling some power. Some power. Mm -hmm. They're hauling cocaine and, and methamphetamines over the borders now versus when they were hauling marijuana over the borders and having guerrilla operations in our states. Mm -hmm. We've taken that away from them. And that's good because not only have we taken away from them, but then we've taken away from, again, the black market factor of that. You know, you can trust this source. You are getting a product that is is. is I think it. so many people feel like it's a slippery slope, though. If we start here, that where does gonna, it end, right? Where does it end? But, you know, in the 30 years of the existence of the medical marijuana industry, we have not had one death. We have not had any factors of hard crime. We... You know, most people thought when it opened up in California, they were going to have armed robberies every other day. Yeah. And, you know, that's why they used to used to go to a dispensary in California. They had people there with guns, armed guards at the front door. Now that's simmered down mm -hmm. because it's almost two-thirds of most Americans, they don't have a qualm or a problem or consider using marijuana. Um, it's because, again, there was such a campaign back in the early 1900s to stigmatize hemp first industrial hemp which then led into reefer madness and medical marijuana and the war on drugs and we have incarcerated countless individuals over a plant mm -hmm. that hasn't shown in 100 years to do as much damage as alcohol has done yeah. And, and me as an individual, again, I'm an advocate for the personal choice side. Uh, yes, a slippery slope is if it's not done correctly, yes. You know, the current coalitions that have uh, formed the laws and bills behind uh, medical marijuana at this time, you know, they have a lot of good groundwork. But they have to understand that just like California, just like Oregon, just like any legalized state, this is not going to be a mom and pop shop for long the corporate guys will lobby and say, well, you currently charge <laughs> X amount for licensing. My company will pay you five times the amount. Numerous mom and pop places in California and Oregon have had to close their operations. Because of the corporations. Because of the corporations, because they cannot afford the licensing as a big corporate guy. So what do you see for you, for your business? What is the future 
of Snake River Solace. The future for my company is always to be an educator in the, in, in the community, uh, a place where if you do have a question, you can come ask. You can get an affordable product. Uh, if it is effective for you, it's locally done. You know, the only thing I do not get currently from this state is obviously coconut oil because you can't grow coconuts and <laughs> CBD isolate because I can't grow hemp and extract it. But if I could grow hemp and extract it, my product, all of my bottles, my labeling, everything that I do is sourced from an Idaho based company besides my oils. I, I do great. everything and oh, it's because great. I believe that if you have a business in the community, you are taking from the economy. To pay your sales tax to the state is nothing. But if I can buy A product and B product from a local guy, I can give them- you Support other people. Support other people in our community's economy. We're doing what we should be because when you buy a product, doesn't matter what it is, offline, and that you have the local guy down the road that does the same thing, you're taking away from our state's economy, you're sending it to somebody else, you're, you're depriving our state. So you clearly want to represent CBD in East Idaho, probably further, um, and definitely have us know what we're doing. Yes, and, and that's my main goal is to really uh, be there for individuals, uh, either other entrepreneurs in this industry and or community members with questions and concerns. Uh, come see you. Come see us. Uh, you know, that's one of my biggest things is that we do want you guys to not feel that uh, if you do walk into this place, people are going to think that you just walked into a head shop. <laughs> As you can tell by my store, there is nothing in here that shows a marijuana leaf. We have no bongs or pipes as they no, call it. You just have a four-year-old, right? Well, yeah, my little girl's <laughs> here quite a bit. She's a big helper, actually. Yeah. She, we got her first review the other day. Uh, a customer left a review about her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she's always here to help. We yeah, it's be, a great place. We want to be family-oriented Yeah. Um, because, again, to be that way of, uh, I have people bring their children in here yeah they call before can I bring my kid in there there's no reason you there's couldn't. no reason you cannot we just tell you if you have a child you know please make sure they're not gonna run into a display case and get <laughs> hurt we have like any other business yes, we have insurance for that but we want them to be safe and and you know we want the community to understand that my main goal is to include us into the industry, stop all the out-of-state buying of this, because again, companies that open up, they're sourcing this product from out-of-state. They may be locally owned, they may be locally operated, but they're no, if they're a born and raised Idahoan, they're not doing justice to us as Idahoans. They are just on the CBD bandwagon. Yeah, it's a great, you know? great message, and I certainly appreciate it being the podcast that talks about East Idaho entrepreneurs, we um, definitely all want to support each other and support each other's businesses and the growth of um, our economy. Okay, well, Cody, I mean, I feel much more educated <laughs> after having this conversation with you. Um, and thank you so much. I think, uh, like you said, this particular business you're in uh, has a lot of controversy around it. So it's fun to be able to learn from you and and see what you have uh, brought. And definitely, you are educated, and if anybody needs to know something, um, come talk to Cody. So thanks for sharing your story of entrepreneurship. Um, you are definitely an example of ambition and drive and figuring it out. So we're anxiously awaiting what happens in Idaho Thank with you. the products. I appreciate it, and again, you know, 
this is one way for not just my industry, but other individuals with what you do to get the word about who they are. Uh, you know, so I appreciate your time as well. And everybody that's listened again, thank you. Any questions, feel free to either call, stop in. Uh, we're open seven days a week, uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. So we're here for you. So thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And we'll definitely put Cody's information on the website so you guys can link to it and find him and, and all of his stuff. So thank you listeners for joining today. As a reminder, the show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. So check our reviews. If you're looking for an honest automotive repair, for honest automotive repair, come and see us and let our family take care of your family. Now stay tuned for the business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held annually in November. So now that it's 2020, please mark your calendars for November and join us. RiseCon also has a sister event called RiseX, which is like a mastermind on steroids. It's just a great event and I highly recommend you come. So check it out and I look forward to seeing you at the events. Uh, Today, I wanted to share with you um, a story that has been on my mind. I was thinking about it the other day, and um, I what I want to challenge you with is how accountable are you? You know that accountability is my shtick. I love it. Um, it's my platform, whatever you want to call it. And as I was thinking about my own epiphany around accountability, I think about this story. So let me tell you what happened to me. Uh, As you know, I uh, am a nurse. I worked in a hospital and I had the opportunity to be involved in a pretty high profile project. We had been surveyed by the Joint Commission, which surveys hospitals and keeps the license on on the wall so that we can provide care. And we had fallen out in a particular measure two different surveys. Well, Joint Commission only came every three years. So we're talking about an issue that we really needed to get solved. And I got put on that committee to uh, co-lead it. And um, we did a lot of work around making sure that we had an excellent product that would solve the issue of us falling out on this particular item. I was really proud of myself. I was right there, super what I said, you know, responsible to take on the responsibility of this project and solving it. And the CNO and the CEO were looking to me uh, to implement some systems that could make us more compliant and obviously prevent us from having any more um, negative surveys because you certainly don't want, you know, it's kind of like the three strikes you're out with this thing. So we did a lot of work around it involved in uh, uh, the people that it affected and thought we had a fantastic product and delivered it. And it it struggled getting off the ground and people didn't own it and they didn't do what was designed to be done. And so wouldn't you know, when Joint Commission came around, we fell out in that particular item again. So as I was reviewing this and talking to the CNO, the CEO about it, I presented it and and said, here, I gave a product to you all that was basically airtight. It would have passed us if we would have done it, but we didn't have everybody on the same page and they didn't do it. And so I did my part, but all of the individuals around me didn't do their part. 
Um, it's kind of like on Austin Powers. If any of you are Austin Powers fans, it tells, says a lot about me uh, because I am an Austin Powers fan. How uh, Dr. Evil said, I'm surrounded by freaking idiots. Okay, so I didn't think that my coworkers were idiots, but it might have in this particular situation. And I basically said that about I did my part. They didn't do their part. I did what you asked me, but I didn't have authority to hold my peers accountable to this. So in the beginning, I was real happy to take on this project. I took that responsibility. And that's what responsibility is. It's a before-the-fact mindset of ownership to a result. So, hey, I was on board. I was a responsible person. I wanted to take this project and create an, an amazing outcome. Um, but accountability is an after-the-fact mindset of the outcome, whether it's good or bad. And I hope that you can see in this example, I failed miserably in accountability because the outcome was not good and I didn't own it. And looking back, I can see all of the places where I, if I was going to take the responsibility for this project, I should have also been accountable for what the outcome was and not blame anybody or scapegoat um, or any other things that I could manipulate my way out of taking um, ownership for the results because I owned it. I was the one that owned this project. So um, how often do we see this in our on our media, in the in the news with all of the companies and other individuals who fail to take accountability? And unfortunately in our culture we're somewhat rewarded for that, right? There's bailouts and payoffs and whatever else. um, And people can point fingers and say, it wasn't my fault. It was theirs. It was the accountant that didn't tell me what these numbers were. It was the engineers who didn't inform me about this part, whatever the thing is. Uh, Unfortunately, it is not, accountability is not modeled well in our society. So I just wanted to share that story with you. So you guys could kind of get an idea of my own journey around accountability. Um, Linda Galindo is my mentor around this, and I've talked about Linda before. I've had her on the show. Um, but she also says we teach the things that we need to know the best, you know, that we, we need to get better at. And so I'm always working to get better at accountability, and I hope that this example gives you an idea around the things that you're doing, where you're taking responsibility and maybe not accountability, um, and how it can be really liberating to know that you can own that whole process and never be a victim and um, be really proud of the result, whether it's good or bad, because you've owned it. All right. Have a great week and I will see you guys next week or talk to you next week anyway. All right. Look forward to it. Take care. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com.